Next on BYU Sports Nation, just find a way to win. How BYU basketball put together an ugly yet beautiful victory on Saturday night. Nate Austin, the man who set a career high over the weekend and rebounds with 16, joins us live. Why he feels BYU has a shot to run the table, plus his Valentine's Day tips. Say what? The luge coup. Kate Hansen makes her Olympic debut in Russia. And an announcement that will change BYU Sports Nation forever. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Bring it on Monday, February 10th. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan, wherever and however you have joined us. Thanks for making us part of your day. Show starters for the fourth consecutive year. BYU TV and our broadcast partner ESPN will bring you live wall-to-wall coverage from the West Coast Conference Tournament in Las Vegas. Yeah, we'll be there. BYU giving you 12 games. 12. Eight on the women's side, four on the men's side. Jaron, break it down for us. Thursday, March 6th, uh, we'll do all four games, the opening round games, seven through ten men men and women. Friday, we'll do all the women's quarters. Saturday, we'll do the First two quarterfinals for the men. And then uh, on Monday, we'll do the two women's semifinals. We'll do our bridge show, of course, uh, up high from the suite level. Uh, sweet looking set from there uh, between games, halftime shows. So two more games for us. This will be the fourth year in a row that we've been down there. We're very excited to go down there and be a part of this. The games that ESPN is not doing, BYU TV is doing. And guess what? BYU will likely BYU TV is likely going to do a BYU or St. Mary's men's basketball game on Saturday. With the way the bracket the shakes out. Yes. Fantastic. Looking forward to bringing it to you early March. Mark it down on your calendars. Oh, by the way, Joe Lunardi, ESPN bracketologist, because it's February. We're in the February frenzy on the push to March. He will release two brackets a week. And so today, in his new bracket, he has BYU still in the second-to-last team in playing as an 11 seed against LSU in the first four. We will talk more about that in just a moment. And, of course, the luge coup. Kate Hansen making her inaugural Olympic run today at Sochi, Russia. Very proud as we watch Team USA sliding down that hill in Sochi, Russia. Yeah, fun stuff from her. Uh, tomorrow they'll be runs three and four, and then I think the winners, and they, you know, they just go four times, and whoever's, whoever's, uh, whatever you have, you have. So she's currently Olympic spoiler, giving people time to tune out if okay, they don't want to. Yeah, don't listen if you want to hear this. Tenth place through two runs. Tenth place for Kate Hansen. She <laughs> told us on the show she wanted to finish in the top ten. Join our conversation by using the hashtag BYUSN. That hashtag gives BYU Sports Nation a 24-7 avenue to link up anywhere, anytime. Have your say. And while you're at it, sound off on today's Twitter question. What's your biggest takeaway uh, from BYU's win on Saturday? What did you take away? To me, it was that BYU could win a game where they score less than 70. That's really important. That's not a BYU basketball game that they typically win. So weigh in using hashtag BYUSN. Tell us what you think. I say holy rebounding, and I'll leave it at that. BYU Sports Nation airs weekdays at noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. Our show also on demand at BYURadio.org. Or if it fits your schedule better, we rebroadcast weekdays at 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain. Rise and shout! It's time for a Monday edition of What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. 
grinding. Tyler Hawes off the screen. No good. Offensive rebound. Kyle Collins. Matt Carlino for his Almost 20,000 packed the Marriott Center on Saturday night to watch BYU and San Francisco in a second-place showdown. It was a gridlock between three teams when BYU and San Francisco tipped off the Cougars. Look, it was by no means a pretty performance. But in the end, it's a win, and that puts them in second place in the West Coast Conference as we've pushed towards... A very intriguing finish to the season for BYU that includes games at St. Mary's and a home game with Gonzaga. They just found a way, and that is number one for this team. Early in the season, I don't think they win that game. No. They've learned some things. They've figured some things out, and they just won. Didn't matter how, they just found a way. When you get outshot from the field three and the free throw line, you don't typically win that game. That just rarely happens. And you only score 68. You o- BYU was held to 68, a top five scoring offense in the country. BYU shot 48% from the free throw line, including missing five of their last six. Yet, they overcame that uh, by making timely shots, like you said in that call of Matt Carlino's three, that he made three threes in the second half, three for seven. He came up big in the second half. Uh, BYU, same amount of assists, same amount of turnovers, all this stuff. Gets outshot. Yet they found a way to win. Sometimes you just need to do it. It was ugly, but you got it done. And, and that's why topic one is hashtag grinding. Free throws. BYU 14 for 29. 14 for 29? That's pathetic. That's Shaq status as a team. You just <laughs> shot Shaquille O'Neal status as a basketball team. But you found ways to win. How many times has Gonzaga done that this year, Spencer? Where they want, they beat Portland at home. They beat Santa Clara on the road. They weren't pretty, but guess what? They're 11-1 and in conference and on top. And now BYU's number two by half a game over St. Mary's, which good, sets up a teams. huge Saturday game. Thursday at Pacific, Saturday in Moraga at St. Math- uh, Mary's or St. Matthew's, whoever. <laughs> Matthew Delavid- St. Matthew Delavidova might as well be St. Matthew. will have his jersey retired on Saturday. By the way, St. Mary's... Uh, Criteria for retiring a jersey. Uh, very different from Brigham Young University's. I found out the following over the weekend. Just some of the criteria. To have a jersey retired has to have been at least 15 years. For BYU. For BYU. You have to be a first-team All-American or major award winner. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jimmer Fredette's, uh will be... He'll get let, in there. Let's yep. see. If it was 2011, 2026? 2026. Mark it down, you know. So while you're marking down the West Coast Conference Tournament this March, uh, put it in your calendar. Likely 2026. To have his jersey retired at the Marriott Center. Okay, so BYU shoots terribly from the free throw line. Uh, They only score 68 points. They're outshot from the field goal, from the three-point line. But they, they win by five, and here's how. Rebounding. On the offensive glass, they get 20 O boards. Wow. To San Francisco's five. 20 offensive rebounds. How many more second chances is that? Man. Second chance points, whether BYU scored on those or not, 16 to four. And Nate Austin had eight, and Mika had four offensive rebounds. You know how many rebounds uh, San Francisco had? 29. Mika and Austin, 29. (laughs) Boom! Big guys! 47-29 overall, so BYU goes nuts on the glass. I saw something that I have never seen in Division I college basketball. 
We'll ask Blaine Fowler about this too as well. Rex Walters brings his team out early out of halftime and does a full-on rebounding drill with five minutes left on the halftime clock. I didn't do this in <laughs> middle or high school, let alone in college. Oh, Interesting technique. I like Rex Walters, by the way. He's, he's just different. He just sees the world differently, and it's sort of re- refreshing. Also joining the show today, Nate Austin, the man who set a career high with 16 rebounds. He had 15 previously, but he gets 16 and a big win over San Francisco. He had quite the sequence in the second half. Takes a charge, very next play, rebound, put back, dunk. He only scored four points. But the thing is, he, he tapped out how many basketballs? That doesn't count as an offensive rebound for him. Because he does not secure the Whoever ball. Whoever possesses Whoever the ball. Whoever possesses it. So if you included Nate's tap outs that went to other offensive rebounds, it's got to be like 34! 12, 12 or 13. You know? Heck of a game. Heck of a game. So we'll ask Nate Austin about that. Also get his Valentine's Day tips, some floral design He's in tips. a floral design class. So we've got to ask him about that. <laughs> Plus tonight... By the way, this just added this morning to the BYU TV programming schedule. 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain, BYU in San Francisco, another rebroadcast on BYU TV. It's online right now, or you can watch it tonight on BYU TV again. Keep your tweets coming. This game was juicy for so many reasons. That's why we want to know what your takeaway from the game was. Use the hashtag BYUSN. What did you learn about the Cougars on Saturday night? What did you see? We want your perspective. And I'll say this in closing in topic one. Matt Carlino doesn't necessarily score as many points as he did early in the season, but the kid knows how to hit a clutch shot. He hits the three when he needs to. Enormous three-pointers in the second half. BYU had zero bench points, and then came Matt Carlino. Incredible performance. Topic two. Bracket watch. BYU running. Collinsworth left wide open into the lane, and Collinsworth throws down. Kyle Collinsworth with a team-high 19 points. Tied Spencer with Linton Haas. on the call. Oh, thanks, Jerem. I, I appreciate that. Uh, that from the BYU-San Francisco game, which Jerem just told you you can watch after True Blue tonight. Rebroadcast special. Kyle Collinsworth, 19 points. BYU is still in the bracket, according to ESPN's lead bracketologist, Joe Lunardi. I would call him the bracketologist. He's, he's really the guy that got this thing going. His percentage is ridiculous of how accurate he is. Teams that get into teams that don't. I mean, it's he misses maybe, maybe one a team a year. Maybe maybe two, I don't know. But he has BYU in right now as the second-to-last team, as an 11 seed, part of the first four. They're an 11, which I love. If BYU's going to get in this year, I would love very much for them to be an 11 seed. Oh, 11 is great, considering what's happened. I would prefer it not be in the first four, but if they're an 11 seed, whatever. Just get in. Get in the tournament. Just get in. There, he has them playing LSU in Dayton with a chance to move on to that 6-11 matchup. And that'd be UCLA, a team that Utah ah, beat. Ah, interesting. UCLA is a good team, but that's that's a game that BYU could hang in, if for, not win. Furthering our point that we have been making now for weeks on BYU Sports Nation. Years. It's a long season. One bad loss here and there does not eliminate BYU because of the way that they've scheduled and because of the teams that they've played. Their strength of schedule is high. Their RPI, relatively high. You know what's amazing? The best win the West Coast Conference has is by BYU. The best two out-of-conference wins that the West Coast Conference have are from BYU. Texas and Stanford. Yes. And Mount St. Mary's. Gonzaga's best win? What? BYU. Look it up. You don't believe me? Go look at their schedule. Utah's best win. UCLA, then, and BYU. then BYU. 
You look at the numbers and how they shake down. That's why the Cougars are considered. Some guys don't even have BYU on the bubble. Jerry Palm of CBS. But Joe Lunardi has them in for the second straight bracket he's released. He has them as the second to last team in. I think it's been four straight. Has it been four straight brackets? Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, there you go. Which, if there's two a week, it's been two, two and a half weeks. Or one and a half to two weeks. Well, this is the week that starts Monday, I believe. This is the first week he does. But he's had them in the, the S-curve, which is oh, right. essentially okay, a true. different form of this bracket. Now, BYU cannot afford another bad loss. BYU cannot afford a non-St. Mary's Gonzaga loss, in my mind, and get in. If BYU loses to Pacific on Thursday, it's over for NCAA at-large opportunity. Now, BYU could always win the tournament, of course. Everyone can do that, of course. We're talking about non-tournament play. The end of the regular season, could BYU be in at that point? BYU's in right now, according to Joe Lenardi. So keep winning. And if BYU, BYU can bolster its resume by beating St. Mary's on the road and Gonzaga at home and beat everybody else. If BYU does that, I feel really good about BYU being in the tournament. BYU has 17 wins, correct? 17 and 9. How many regular season games do they have left? Four? Is that right? Four or five? Four or five. I'll look it up right now. Okay, they've got... Five. They've got five regular season games left. Pacific, St. Mary's on the road, Gonzaga, Portland at home, San Diego on the road. The good chance that BYU is going to have 10 losses when they go into the NCAA tournament, at least. If, if not 11. If not 11, because we're talking about a tournament, too. That means they're going to have to win the tournament. If they, ha- if they stay with nine losses, then guess what? They're going, because that means they don't lose another game. So very, very good chance that BYU has at least 10 losses going into the NCAA tournament. How many games do they have to win to get in? How many wins, with their RPI and strength of schedule, and their resume, do they have to have to get in? I feel Five like BYU six. needs to win at least 22 games. I do. However they get them. I don't care who they beat. But if they get 22 wins, I think they're in the NCAA tournament. So 22 and 10 would yield at least uh, a 4-1 and record down the back five, and then a, at least one win in Vegas. Uh, so then you'd have another game, win or loss. Or BYU goes 5-0, and goes 22 and 9 into the tournament, two seed, and then could lose and be 22 and 10. But that's because they would have beaten St. Mary's on the road and Gonzaga. And Gonzaga. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I think there's more there's more forgiveness just there. Just keep winning. Yep. Just keep winning. Just win. You, you can lose a close game to St. Mary's on the road or Gonzaga at home. Don't I think conf- that's okay. Don't confuse our logic with what we necessarily want to happen. It's just what we think is probable to happen. And I should say I think it's probable to happen because I know Jerem sometimes differs from me in that. But BYU is in a good position right now. Everything that's happened, losses to LMU, Portland, and Pepperdine, they can still get into the NCAA tournament. Topic three. Olympic debut, the Luge Coug in Sochi. Kate Hansen talked to us in December about what she expected to do during the opening ceremonies, and she delivered. Oh, yeah. I'm, yes. I'm just going to be waterworks for sure. You know I'll have that earpiece in, listening to R. Kelly, World's Greatest, and I'll just be crying. How do you not love her personality? She is such a fun person. At a Huntington Beach, BYU student, literally travels the world to compete in the, on the luge circuit, broke a 17-year streak in U.S. World Cup women's luging by winning the last World Cup event in Latvia. Oh, by the way, she competed in that after she joined us on BYU Sports Nation. Karma. Uh, it's real. Winning! It's real. And now she's competing in the Olympics. Had her first two runs this morning. Let's talk about the opening ceremonies. Let's go chronologically first. So 
they bring out Team USA, and I'm Friday. like, I'm like, where's Kate? I hope they show her. I hope they show, show her. Show the luge I, I, I want to see, see the luge kook. So one of the final shots they have, they've got her and three other Olympians in their sweet Ralph Lauren Christmas sweaters, <laughs> and and. True to her word, she's got tears streaming down her eyes, a huge smile on her face, and I felt so much pride at that moment. So exciting. It was really cool. It's cool just as an American to watch America come out. That's just a cool moment. But then to see someone that you've actually met and know and that's a BYU student and represents BYU Sports Nation, and she was true to her word. Like you said, she was crying. She was bawling. Because that's an exciting moment. I mean, that's a moment that you might not top in your life. Representing your country in in another country, Russia of all countries, and... Just having a fantastic experience on the other side of the planet. I'm guessing this will coup. not be her only Olympics. I know. I hope she makes the next and does well. So she she came on the show in December and told us, uh, yeah, definitely told us what she'd be doing. And then she told us her expectations as well, which today she raised. So let's hear what she said in December. I think I'm in a really good mindset. And so um, definitely a top 10 would make me pretty happy. Um, but if I keep this ball rolling, then I think maybe... A top five may be a little more plausible. I think I still stand by what I said about a month ago that I just don't want to make a fool out of myself. So I guess we'll just see how it all goes. Through the first two runs, I can tell you this much. She certainly did not make a fool of herself. She said she wanted to finish in the top ten. She went into the event after the World Cup win, ranked number seven in the world. Number seven in the world? This is a BYU student. She's halfway through the event. They have two more runs tomorrow, and Kate currently sits tenth. Correct, Jerem? Yes. I looked at it again. There's still uh, about 10 or 15 uh, losers to go, but she's in 10th place through the After first two, two runs. runs. So she's got two more runs tomorrow, but Kate Hansen living out her Olympic dream. Certainly ecstatic for her. Keep an eye on her. The Luge Coog is delivering. Now for an announcement that will literally change the way you look at BYU Sports Nation. It was announced at halftime of Saturday's game that BYU TV will partner with ESPN and the West Coast Conference to provide live wall-to-wall coverage of the tourney in Las Vegas. That is not what we're talking about now. This is another announcement specific to BYU Sports Nation. During tournament time in Las Vegas, our show will be on-site continuing to give you access to all things BYU Sports with interviews, opinions, and insight live from the tourney. Oh, by the way, live on BYU TV as well. Uh, you got to give me something better than the party porn. What the heck? heck no. no. We're, we're going to be on BYU TV simulcast. Simulcast. Yes. March 6th, 7th, 10th, 11th in Vegas. That's a big deal for us. Simulcast means on radio and television. So BYU Radio, BYU TV. You can watch on BYU TV, stream it on your BYU TV app. You can listen on the BYU Radio app. You can listen on Sirius XM Channel 143. Apple TV, Roku. Yep, yep, Roku. Everything, everywhere. Bring it. And soon to be Xbox 360 as well, what I'm told from our uh, internet gurus. So big stuff. We're very excited to be on television down from Vegas. One, being in Vegas to be able to do the show from there and bring you great coverage from the tournament, but also that will be on television. How many radio shows are, are one, national, and two, broadcast nationally on television as well? I don't know. You guys know? Yes. <laughs> this is akin to shows like Mike and Mike, The Dan Patrick Show, stuff like that. Uh, pardon the interruption. It ends up being a podcast after the fact, so that's not necessarily a radio show. But TV and radio. We're, we're very excited. We're excited that... You've been along for the ride with us on the radio portion. We're going to take it to TV live in 
Vegas, baby. Debut it from the Orleans Arena on the bridge set in Las Vegas from the West Coast Conference Tournament. So not only is BYU TV with ESPN broadcasting every single men's and women's game exclusively, we are going to roll out the BYU Sports Nation uh, simulcast live from Vegas. I hope you realize uh, how unique this is. For one thing, no college has its own national sports radio show. No, no other college. So let's ramp it up. So then we add the TV side. So we, we hope that you enjoy this experience. Use the hashtag BYUSN with us. Converse throughout the day. Uh, we're very excited, and thanks for being along for this ride. We hope it'll get even bigger as we go to television. Okay. I'm going to come down from my high now. It's, it's going to stay a radio show on TV, by the way. <laughs> i got to call a 20-second timeout for a second. I'm all ramped first, up. you got some water. Char- Jeremy's got the Gatorade. Here, here's some Gatorade. Here. got some Gatorade. First charged. I'm sponsored by Gatorade on the show. <laughs> I cannot use that other product on this program. <laughs> oh, what did you take away from BYU's win on Saturday? Uh, for me, holy rebounding, and it was ugly, but I don't care. They just got a win. Let's get to a couple of tweets really quick. You've got tweets. At Tasha Lynn 19, this team is much more than Tyler Hawes. Full team win, but we still suck at free throws. Sigh. <laughs> I love the honesty. Okay, let's go ahead and take our first break. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the man who gave expert analysis on the game Saturday night with me, sat to my right, Blaine Fowler, joins us. What he thinks that win does for BYU basketball. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Matt Carlino open for three. Matt Carlino, and there are the first three bench points for the Cougars. And the scary thing for the Dons right now is they know that Matt Carlino's got to score some bunches. He'll get hot, and he can just kill you. Lob from Carlino to Mika. Well, we've seen some good out-of-bounds plays from both teams in this one. Out of beauty. alley throw down right out of bounds. Four straight wins for BYU basketball. Believe it. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. This is BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jaron Jordan live from Studio 2. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Send your tweets in using the hashtag BYUSN. You can also follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Tonight on True Blue, football recruiting coordinator Jeff Martson tells us what goes into getting a signing class like BYU had Wednesday. Get to know the BYU graduate who's broadcasting snowboarding at the Olympics and how four international players are already bolstering a good men's volleyball team. True Blues tonight on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 8.30 Eastern. That's followed by a rebroadcast of BYU and San Francisco's uh, The Game Saturday, 9 Eastern, BYU TV. So a lot going on tonight. You got Olympics, you got True Blue, San Francisco as well. Dude, you tweeted out a picture of uh, some of our crew working in Sochi, Russia. I'm going to go back to the BYU personnel involved oh, in the man. Olympics. So not only do we have the Luge Coog, and then we have a, a renowned broadcaster doing snowboarding at the Olympics. Dave McCann's there. Dave McCann is there, also doing his, his KSL thing. Vaisikahem, a former football player, works for NBC in Philadelphia. And then we have some really talented people working behind the scenes as well. Some of our production crew, engineer, audio, technical director, those guys, Mark Shattuck, Scott Sandstrom, Julian Riley, they are in Sochi working the Olympics. And they took a flag, I'll, I'll retweet this again, or tweet this since it's myself. I don't want to retweet myself, that looks super weird. <laughs> they took a Rise Up BYU flag to Sochi and so took cool. a picture. Oh, love it. You showed it to Tom Homo and he's like, awesome. Yeah, I showed him Saturday, he's like, sweet. <laughs> 
Getting it done at the Olympics. That's, that's so fun. Those are the people that are in-house at BYU TV. The, These people the that caliber. are here every day that are putting in work to, to put on the air what you see. And they're over there doing that for NBC. You want to know why the quality of production is so high? Because people like that. Fantastic people here. Also, because we have Blaine's, uh, guys like Blaine Fowler joining us. Exactly. Back on the show is the man, Mr. Fowler. Uh, you sat next to me, Blaine, on Saturday night, and we took in the electric atmosphere at the Marriott Center. Super loud, really exciting, an ugly, ugly basketball game, but BYU finds a way to win. What's the biggest benefit for the Cougars with a win like that? Well, we've been, well. first of all, I want to say, I don't even know if physically you can retweet yourself, Jeremy. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> I, think, I think you can. Okay, well, don't do it. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Okay. So, first things first. And, 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 yeah, first things first. Because when Jeremy was saying that, I thought, can you even do that? I didn't know if you could do that. But but let's get back to the San Francisco game. That, that I've been waiting for a while now to see if BYU could grind out a win on a game when they don't shoot it particularly well. Um, they defended adequately, but it wasn't lights-out defense. Just to see if they could grind out one. Because their history this season has been when they're shooting it and they're knocking down shots from, from deep and they're making free throws, they can go out and win. They can win pretty. But, but in a grinded-out type of a game where they either have to get a bunch of stops or do something on the rebounding end or, or make free throws down, you know, they haven't been able to do that. And in this game, I mean, they just out-muscled San Francisco in this ballgame. They dominated on the glass, um, 20 offensive rebounds. And, and so I was impressed. And I think that this is a game that helps them as the season you know, go, runs down here to the end of the season and into the WCC tournament and into postseason play, hopefully in the NCAA tournament, you're going to have games like that where you're not shooting it great and you got to figure out a way to win. And I think BYU, not just in the San Francisco game, because I thought the Santa Clara game as well, they found where they can dominate. They can dominate on the glass. And they've been doing it all year. They, they lead the league at offensive rebounds. They're the best rebounding team in the league. But they t- took it to another level in the last two games. I mean, in a big-time way by just dominating the glass and getting extra opportunities um, on the offensive end by grabbing offensive boards. Blaine Fowler is on BYU Sports Nation. Besides playing at home, where BYU is 12-1 this season with one loss by two points to a ranked Iowa State team, what's been the difference from BYU now versus the team that lost to LMU and Pepperdine to start conference play? Well, I, I think you know we, we look at the change that was made in the starting lineup when, when Dave Rose put Skylar Halford in the starting lineup and started bringing Matt Carlino off the bench. And let's not underestimate the, the role that Matt Carlino played in the game the other night. He came into the game when there was just no, no bench scoring and no bench production whatsoever, and, and then all of a sudden kind of carried him on his back for a little bit of time. Well, we've seen him consistently do that. He's been a much better player off the bench, and I don't know what it is, whether he just gets into the flow of the game better or the matchups where now he's coming off the bench and he's matching up with the backup point guard for the opponent or what it is. But I think that that's made a big difference. And I do think confidence um, in the front line and what they can do. I mean, Kyle Collinsworth has been solid all season long, but I think Mika's becoming a better rebounder. Nate Austin has figured out his niche. They're figuring out how to stay on the, on the floor and not get into foul trouble as much as they were early in the season. And so I think that's the difference. I think it's the combination of, of Carlino coming off the bench and the dominance in the rebounding game of BYU's front line and their ability to stay on the floor longer without fouls than they were early in the year. You remember Mika, it seems like every game he's just going to the bench five minutes into the game with two fouls, and that hasn't happened lately. 
Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst, college basketball expert, joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. You mentioned Mika, 13 points, 13 rebounds. He wasn't even the leading rebounder for BYU. That was Nate Austin, who set a career high with 16. Both of those guys combined for as many team rebounds as San Francisco had. Rex Walters, the coach of San Francisco, brings out his team in something that you and I had never seen before, Blaine, and has him do a rebounding drill. What the heck was going on? And that, that's how embarrassing it was for Rex and for the for the Dons in that first half. He was so frustrated with it. They came out three to four minutes early from when you normally come out of the locker room, got out on the floor, and did a drill that you usually do at the beginning of the week in practice. He was so frustrated with their positioning defensively, getting bodies out of people. So he, he came out and said, guys, if we can get this right, we need to go over it. That's how bad it was. And you know what? Even with that little halftime practice, BYU dominated the glass in the second half again. I mean, 20 offensive rebounds. BYU leads the league in offensive boards at over just over 13, or they did going into that game. Who knows what the average is now after that that thing? But um, 20 offensive boards is ridiculous. And when you compare it to what San Francisco did, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think they had five offensive boards if I remember right. 15 advantage. That's 15 extra possessions that BYU got when you look at the offensive rebounding margin. That's the difference in the ballgame. And, and they overcame the fact that they were just abysmal from the free-throw line. You, you can't shoot under 50% from the free-throw line and win very many games. And, and BYU was able to do it just because of the way they rebounded the basketball. All of the extra opportunities paid off, and it overcame a terrible shooting performance from the line. Blaine Fowler's on BYU Sports Nation as we recap the week that was and look ahead to some big games with Pacific and St. Mary's now. Big picture question. Joe Lenardi has BYU again this morning in the tournament as an 11 seed, second to last team in, in his opinion. Can BYU afford a loss in the regular season, in your mind, to have at-large chances? I, th- I think the only loss they can afford is at St. Mary's. Um, I think they're capable of beating St. Mary's. They really had St. Mary's frustrated here. Um, remember seeing Brad Waldo throw his mouthpiece against the wall, the one with the teeth on it. He got so frustrated. Now, he had a good game, but BYU just, they were playing physical inside, clean and physical, and it frustrated the St. Mary's team. And, and I think they're capable of winning there, but I think, I think they could lose to St. Mary's on the road if they win every other game, and St. Mary's loses another so that BYU is the, is the two seed in that tournament. If they're on the opposite side of the bracket of, of Gonzaga and they play St. Mary's in the semis and win and then go and play Gonzaga in the finals, they could, I, think, I believe that that's the only formula they could lose another game and give them that large is, is if that's the only game they lose because that's still a top-60 team and then they play them again so they end up 2-1 and one against St. Mary's by virtue of them beating them in the semis and then play Gonzaga in the finals and lose. I, I think that that's, that's their opportunity. Now, having said that, that means – that they need, they need to be Gonzaga at home. And so, so there you have it. There, there, there's, there's the two formulas. I, I, think they, I think they have a one-loss margin, but it has to be a very specific loss, and they have to do other things. Um, I think they need to be at least 2-1 and one against St. Mary's, and they have to be playing the tournament finals if they're going to get a chance to get in that large bid. Now, they went out, um, and then, then the question is, could they lose to a St. Mary's in the semis in that scenario? And get in, or do they have to play in the finals to get in that large bid? That's they'd be twenty. I don't know the answer to. They'd be twenty-three and ten in the semifinal, and then it, or yeah. twenty-three and nine, and then it'd be twenty-three and ten. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. I don't. That one. 
that you're really flirting with it at that point because things that happen in other conference tournaments are going to have an impact on you. You know, somebody goes out in a conference that's not supposed to win a conference tournament and it isn't even on the radar, and then they win a conference tournament, then those last four teams in kind of get pushed to the side. So you're depending on what happens elsewhere at that point. I, I think if they, you know, the best thing to do is go win out, you know, go play in the finals of the tournament. And then I think, I think if they win out, play in the finals against, against the Zags, and they even lose the Zags, I think they're solidly in at that point. They'd be um, on an 11-game win streak if they got to the final right. undefeated. That, that, then, then they're solidly in, and they could even lose. I don't think they even worry. I think with a regular season loss, um, they're flirting with it a little bit, and then they're dependent on the right teams winning in other tournaments around the country. So, so I say let's not mess around with that stuff. Let's just win out in the regular season, get to the tournament finals, and be secure. What do you say? Don't mess around. That's the that's, just win, baby. That's the ha- official hashtag of BYU, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Blaine Fowler on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Okay, Blaine, let's talk a little football. You're our dual-threat analyst, former BYU quarterback and national champion. Signing day, a huge success for BYU. That from the mouth of Bronco Mendenhall. Uh, let, let's talk about the wide receivers out of the gates. I mean, they, there is so much speed that's coming over. How, how much can we expect from this wide receiving core coming in? I think, I think of all the position groups that they recruited, it's the one position group that's actually going to have an impact this fall. We always talk about BYU's recruiting classes, and you really never know because all these guys are off on missions, and you don't know for four years if the class is any good or not. Um, I mean, that, that great class they had um, with, the, with the Hines, you know, with Troy Hines in that class, those kids are all just coming back from missions this year. They, most of those kids won't play this year. So this, re, this receiving class, they're going to have an impact right now, and I think it's a big impact. The combination of Nick Kurtz, who – um, you know, out of Grossmont College, who's a big, big wide receiver with a great skill set at six six. He's a big target, but but when I've watched him on film, he's not just a big guy. He's got tremendous athleticism. He can jump. He can go up and get the ball um, at, at, at at you know peak height. He can run. I think that he immediately fills the void left by Cody Hoffman to become a go-to guy. And then I, I'm Devin Blackman is an intriguing guy for me. Um, at, at 6'1", not as big, but he's a blazing fast guy. This is a guy that was recruited by Oregon out of high school, and they were touting how fast he was. If Oregon's saying he's fast, and Oregon's as fast as there is in the country, then, then you know you're getting the big-time speed guy. Um, and he comes from Riverside City College. So, so I think that he's, he's going to have an immediate impact. Because BYU hasn't had a guy that can just stretch a defense out for a while, and that would be nice to have him out there. Hey, just have him run a post. And they've got to respect that post. If they don't, you throw it over the top. Even if he doesn't catch it, they all of a sudden go, man, that guy can run right by us. We better loosen up defensively. And then I like the transfer of Jordan Leslie over from UTEP. Um, and, you know, he's a graduate student, graduated in engineering, so he'll be a graduate student. He, he gets to transfer without penalty since he graduated. This is an experienced guy. I mean, this is a guy that's had over 2,000 yards receiving in three seasons at UTEP. So another guy that understands the game, knows how to get open mid place. I think it makes BYU take a quantum leap offensively because the big problem last year was production in the pass game, um, and consistent production in the pass game, I should say. I think that these three additions um, to what they already have in that receiving core changes that in a big way. And then you add the maturity of Taysom Hill, another year in the position being the guy, and an offensive line that's going to be more mature and better. I think BYU, we're going to see BYU be a top-ten offense next year, and they're going to be very balanced to be able to throw the football. 
They were a top ten rushing offense, and so top ten total offense definitely would you'd think would yield uh, ten or eleven wins next season. Blaine, great stuff. We look forward to seeing you tonight on True Blue as well, eight thirty Eastern. All right, guys. And, and is, are we talking about Todd Harris, who's who's covering the snowboarding? And all yes, that? We are. absolutely. Feature on Todd Harris tonight. That's right. Yeah, I love Todd. Todd and I get to work a lot together over at NBC, and uh, he's our own little gem. He lives here in Utah. He lives up in Pleasant View, um, just north of Ogden, and travels all over the world. We turned the TV the other day and watching the what's it called slope style, like all this yep. crazy stuff. And there's and there's Todd calling it. We can all be proud of him. He's a BYU grad, so it's fun to have Todd uh, on the Olympics. Rise up, go Cougars! All right, Blaine, we'll see you tonight. Talk to you later. See you guys. Keep your tweets coming in. What did you take away from BYU basketball's win on Saturday? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Up next, the man who set a new career high with rebounds joins us live. Nate Austin in studio. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs. Mika driving inside off the glass. Open, but stuck down by Austin. Oh, what a moment that was on Saturday night. Nate Austin throwing down against San Francisco. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and soon to be on BYU TV live from the West Coast Conference Tournament in Las Vegas. Remind the people. We'll be simulcast on radio and television. Yes, March we 6th, will. 7th, 10th, and 11th. You can listen to the show on BYU Radio and watch it on BYU TV down there. Tonight on BYU TV, by the way, and BYU Radio, True Blue. Jeff Martin's in studio. He's the football recruiting coordinator. We'll tell you about Todd Harris, the guy who's broadcasting snowboarding at the Olympics. He's a BYU grad. And the four international players on the men's volleyball team. True Blue is on BYU TV and BYU Radio tonight, 8.30 Eastern. And after that, 9 Eastern, a replay of BYU and San Francisco. You know what's happening right now? I do. Nate Austin is here. Yep. The tallest man in the room. <laughs> Rexosaurus Rex, back on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, Nate, there's the sequence in the second half that literally lit up the electric crowd at the Marriott Center. You take a charge, everyone's pumped up, and then you decide, hey, why not make it better, and I'll just go and dunk a rebound. Uh, walk us through that sequence. How, how exciting was that for you as a player in that environment to have that happen? Well, it was just a fun game. Obviously, it was a big game, um, a game that, you know, in the second half, we were, you know, we were basically chasing them the whole second half, and we were, you know, he's game, game we needed to win, so I was just trying to, you know, make, you know, you know plays here and there to, you know, to you know, just do the little things that that my team needed to, to win the game, but, you know, when Glover caught the ball, you know, he's been driving the whole game, you know, he's, a, you know, our, our scouting report, he's a, a guy who, who who drives more than he shoots, and so I, I you know, I thought, okay, this guy's probably going to drive towards me, and he, he might dish it off, he might shoot it, but I'll be ready to, you know, step up and, and, and take a charge if, you know, if, if needs be, and, and he came all the way to me, and I just, you know, I took the charge, and, you know, and, and they called it, it was, a, it was one of those, you know, those, uh, you know, I, I don't know, it's just, it just one of those calls where I almost knew the ref was going to call the, the charge if I, if I took it, and so... I took it, and he did call it. How about that cognitive thought process? This is why it's good to have guys like Nate Austin on BYU basketball. Smart guys. Smart guys that are tough and play hard. Speaking of tough, what goes into, okay, I'm going to take this charge and absorb this this body blow. How, how do you prepare yourself to take a charge like that? Like, you can't really practice it, sort of. No, I mean, it's just, I mean, I have to. I'm going to run into you <laughs> to practice this charge. Here we go. No, it's just, I mean, I've taken charges ever since, you know, Obviously, my freshman year, I took a few in high school, and um, I don't know I just I guess I fall well. 
I fall well. <laughs> and so, a long way. That's right. Yes. Make it look good. Okay, Nate, we're asking our uh, followers on BYU Sports Nation using the hashtag BYUSN what their biggest takeaway from the game was on Saturday night. What did you learn? What do you take away from that win on Saturday? That our team can win you know, the big games. Um, you know, I think earlier in the year against you know, Iowa State or against Wichita State, you know, games that were, you know, were right there the whole game, and then towards the end we kind of fade away. We don't close the game. You know, against you know San Francisco, you know we're we're up at halftime and then we get down, and we, we you know we decided not to you know not to not to pack it in, but we decided to keep fighting. And even though we were down most of the second half, we kept fighting. And we, you know, and I think you know Eric hit a big free throw to tie it up, and then, and then we finally got the lead. And and then you know and then we, and then with that lead, we you know we kept fighting and we, and we kept finding ways to win. You know, even though we missed free throws down the stretch, you know we got stops, we got rebounds, and we and we found a way to win. So I think. To me, that shows the progression of our team. Just that you know, we're 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 finding ways to win the games that that really matter. Junior forward Nate Austin is on BYU Sports Nation in studio. At halftime, we heard that you were throwing up. Were you throwing up I in was, the locker room? I was throwing up. I don't even know where it came from, actually. It's so just, you weren't sick before the game? No, I felt I felt fine before the game, but the first time I got subbed out, um, I just I felt the urge to throw up, and I was I mean I, I was actually throwing up a little bit in like some water cups, but I mean that's juicy. That yeah. just makes that just makes the performance all the better, Nate. I mean, you're throwing up at halftime. You get a career high with 16 rebounds. You offensive rebound the heck out of the ball. And we were talking about this uh, right before we went on the air. You don't get credit for the for the little tap outs that you have. Like you have to possess the ball. And so, really, I, I think we should just credit you with like four or five more offensive rebounds. You feel okay about that? I'd love it. <laughs> 21 rebounds from Nate Austin on Saturday. Now, <laughs> so did you? I mean, you throw up at halftime. Second half. Do you have any issues there? You felt better. What happened? No, I mean, I, I mean, I had nothing left of you know, like, so, so I mean, I, nothing left to throw up. So it was good. No, I, I mean, I after I threw up, I, I you know, I ate like a, a granola bar just to make sure I had some energy. And um, but yeah, I mean, I, I felt fine. It was, just, it, was, it was it was kind of a weird thing actually. I wasn't. I was more surprised than anything. But did I, I saw you grab your jersey in the first half? Was that part of that? Yeah, like, I, was, I, I'm I, was feeling, sick. I was feeling a little sick. I was you know, a, little, a little tired then, too. Um, and we've talked about as a team, you know, if we're feeling tired, if we're feeling like we can't you know, give our best effort you know, to, you know, to you know, pull ourselves out so you know, a guy can come in you know, and give 100%. And so I was trying not to be selfish, trying to you know, you know, give someone else an opportunity to, to play a little bit. Just make sure you pack some of those granola bars for the road trip. Okay. For the hey, whatever they are. I always do, actually. <laughs> there you go. It was working. Nate Austin on BYU Sports Nation, BYU Junior Forward Center. He kind of does it all for the Cougars. All right, Nate, let's look ahead to that road trip. You've got Pacific on Thursday, St. Mary's on Saturday. After winning four straight at home, what's the team atmosphere like? How, how's the locker room as you head back out on the road? Well, we're definitely, you know, very confident. We're, we're confident in you know, our system. We're, we're confident in um, you know our, our game plan, our scouting reports that our coaches put together for us. You know, we're a confident team, which is which is good. And we, you know, I think you know, early in the year we saw you know a team that wasn't confident when we, when we lost four straight. And you know, you know we're a confident team, and, and that's good. Uh, but we can't overlook this specific game. It's a you know a really good team. They play really well at home. Um, you know, they're you know a confident group, even though they've you know they've lost a lot of games you know here in conference. But you know they're you know they're. I think most of the guys are, you know, juniors and seniors, and so that, you know their, their team is going to want to, you know, end the season on, you know, on a high note, going into the conference, you know, tournament, and so we cannot overlook this, you know, this game, even though we, you know, beaten by ten or fifteen at home, and you know, I think it was a close game most of the time at home, anyways. Um, so it's a big game. We, you know, we, you know, we'll have you know two or three, you know, big days of practice here, and then, and then we got to go in there and fight. I mean, it's just another another fight. I mean, I remember last game and. And there's you know, some cheap shots thrown, some, some some dirty plays, and so you know, some mouthpieces chucked. 
That's right. <laughs> but you know, we just got to expect that it's going to be a you know a, a war out there, and we, and we have to come out you know the victors in the end. That's that's what it takes. I mean, that, that's all that matters is that we win. Doesn't matter you know how it happens, but we have to we have to get the win. And that's a huge thing, and it's a huge game for St. Mary's. They look forward to playing Gonzaga and BYU at home, and they're going to retire Matthew Delavadova's jersey. So they're going to make this a big deal, and the Delavadova, really? yes. So they're gonna uh, they're gonna make this a big deal. They, they should actually retire his mouthpiece. Yes, they should. <laughs> and his and his shoes that I don't think he those ever are the, changed. Those are the legend. And his uh, elbow his band elbow that he's pad. used with frequency. He was he was a really good player. And he Excellent. and they're a different team without him. What did you notice playing them without Delavadova the first time? Well, to me, it seemed like Holt was actually a lot more on attack, just to score a little bit more. It seemed like Delavadova. Even though he scored a lot, he seemed like he was more of a pass first point guard. You know, get, get you know all you know, the other four guys involved, and then you know when, when, when it was his time, you know he'd go score, he'd go and hit threes, he'd get layups. But um, it seems like their offense is a little bit more you know focused on Holt and letting him score, and then the other guys kind of score when needs be. I mean, obviously, Wall is a big part too, and and you know as big guys, we're gonna have to do a job on him. You know, he he killed us that first game. Um, but you know we're excited for the for the challenge. But you know obviously right now it's just we got to focus on on Pacific. Who's the best post player on the team, coaching staff included? Because you have Mark Pope, you have Noah Hartsock, you Mika Worthington Sharp. Who's the best player? Well, Noah out of shape, so he's, he's not even <laughs> a question. <laughs> Noah, Noah can barely get up and down the court anymore. Uh, and he uh, just had a baby, so it's over. Yeah, that is just true. Congrats to him. Um, no, not Pope. He can't, he, can't, he can't get up and down the court either. He's not. He's out of shape too. <laughs> okay. Who's the best rebounder on the team? How about that? Uh, it's me easily. Oh, okay. Out of boy, nailed it. That's what we were going for. Okay, so we're looking at the calendar. You take a road trip just before Valentine's Day, but you've got a, you've got it worked out because you are a man of many talents. You are in a floral design class, and you're actually going to make a bouquet. So, hold on. Tell us why you're in a floral design class. First okay, off, yeah. Right? Okay, first things first. Um, there's just, I need some extra credits for this semester and my girlfriend actually had taken that class, uh, during her college career. And so she said it was, she said it wasn't a class that was too demanding. And so I decided to take it. And so there you f- go. So far, this so is good. good. Now you can make bouquets. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I, I we actually leave on Wednesday. So, I, you know, I'll, I'll make the bouquet on Wednesday and give it to her. And then, you know, we're gone Friday for Valentine's you're, Day. So I'm set. I'm good, out, to go. I'm good to go. <laughs> That's how you do. Oh, you have any tips for Jeremy and I? Like, what's what's like bouquet one hundred and one in your? It, it's all class? about color scheme and adding your own flair. <laughs> okay, <laughs> wow, scheme. this is straight out of the book. It sounds like <laughs> color scheme and fl- hold adding on. your own flair. Jeremy is literally writing this down on a piece of paper. So, what what kind of color scheme should we go for? Well, I mean, I think I think the typical is the reds, but you know, but since you know, mm, I, I, don't like, I don't like red though because it reminds me of Utah. I have a red pen. What is this doing in here? I'm throwing this away. <laughs> no, I, I, I like you know the the pinks and the and the purples, you know. Um, but probably for Valentine's, I'll probably stick to to reds and pinks, and then you know, my own flair was just you know. I guess we'll see what my own flower is. is it, are you talking like what the message you insert or other flowers associated with it? Well, you can either do like the. Um, the shrubbery you add with it, that, shrubbery, that adds, uh, exactly that you add with the with the flowers, or you can add the message. Or just, you didn't think you'd come in here and break down <laughs> flowers. flowers. I didn't. No, I didn't think that. Neither, but, neither did but, we. But the thing is, I can. I can break down. You flowers. Can, yes, you can. That's the point. You can you rebound can the basketball that. and break down flowers. <laughs> no one breaks down flowers like BYU Sports Nation. Nate Austin joining Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, where where does the team stand in in terms of goals that you set in the season? 
can you can you still get everything you you wanted to to initially initially set or how how does that all shake out now? Well, I mean, I mean, obviously, main goal was to win a conference championship. Um, I think we'll need some big help from from other teams and and help from Gonzaga to lose, you know, for that to happen. But you know, we're we're still focused on that. And, you know, something we can we can still accomplish. Um, obviously, we want to win. We, we, we want to get in the, the into the NCAA tournament. And so, I mean, obviously, um, our our conference tournament will be huge in that. You know, something we haven't as a BYU team. I don't think that we've won in forever since 2001. 2001. So, I mean, it's it's something that you know that. I think as a team, I think I think we're playing well, you know, at the right time of year right now. I think we're I think we're finally coming together, which which feels good, um, and, and we'll continue to get better. Um, so I think I think our conference tournament will be big. Um, I think we've got to keep playing well you know, down the stretch against you know, against every, you know, against all the teams. Because our I think I think it's, so, so far what, as as a team, what, I think that we've seen in the conference is that you know no game is an easy game. There's no easy out. There's no team that's you know just going to kind of you know throw it in. But you know each game is going to be a, a tough game. So the, the tournament is just going to be a bloodbath. Um, but we just got to get better each and every game, and um, you know, I, mean, I think our, our main goal is you know to get to the tournament. You know, last year we, you know, we got to the NIT, and it was a good run. But you know, that's not where as a, as a program, that's not where we not where we want to be at. And it's been a, a fun regular season. Everyone's beating each other up. Gonzaga's all but locked up the regular season, but uh, title. But now you guys are in second. So nice win Saturday. Good luck Thursday against Paci- uh, Wednesday, making the bouquet. Thursday against Pacific, Saturday against St. Mary's. And thanks for coming in, studio. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Nate Austin, junior forward for BYU on BYU Sports Station. Okay, so we, we made a big announcement early on in the show. We are going simulcast, so Nate can watch us and listen to us, the entire basketball team, all of you across BYU Sports Nation, because we are starting a new project, live simulcast from the bridge set of the Orleans Arena at the West Coast Conference Tournament in Las Vegas, March 6th. Mark it down. Do not miss it. We're super amped about it, excited to bring you some new exciting coverage on Fantastic. BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just that's big. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. If we played Big Deal, No Deal right now, I'd say Big Deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. We're extremely excited. Nate Austin just joining us in the studio. Uh, loved his breakdown of floral design. And you know what time it is, Jerem? Time to whip it. Yep. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the Olympics. Kate Hansen, the BYU sophomore, finished 10th after two runs in the luge. She'll resume lugeing, sliding, running tomorrow. In Sochi, in the Olympics. Good luck to the luge coup. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays finished in the top 20 at the AT&T Pebble Beach National Program with a four-round total of three under. Women's basketball. Summerhays for birdie at three. Jennifer Hampson records another double-double, leading the women's basketball team to a seven-point win at San Francisco Saturday. Hampson had 25 points, 13 boards, and another eight-block performance. Is that good? Yes. Softball. After splitting another doubleheader on Friday, the women's softball team lost 3-2 to Texas Arlington on Saturday to finish the St. George tournament with a 2-3 record as they open the season. Golf. Women's golf team will be spending today and tomorrow in the Simi Valley, California Matador Invitational. Gymnastics. BYU knocked off Utah State 194.9 to 194.3. Ben Bagley has filed an appeal with the NCAA. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, he's, he's an Aggie, so he's still kind of upset about it. Our but producer. the Cougars come back in the last rotation and get it done. Track and field. BYU netted three top five finishes at the New Balance Invitational in New York. Desba Whaley finished third in the weight throw. Andrea Nelson Harrison took third in the 5K. And Alisa Hansen took fourth in the college section of the 500-meter race. 
tennis. The men's tennis team fell 4-3 to Boise State yesterday, but the women's team picked them up with a 4-3 win over the Broncos. Rugby. Last but not least, the defending national champions opened the season 6-0 yeah. at the Red Rock Invitational in Mesquite, Nevada on Friday and Saturday with a scoring aggregate, listen to this, of 345-46. to uh, I have that as outstanding. Domination. Next up, Saturday at St. Mary's. That's the same day the men's team plays in basketball. Uh, let me check the time on that because if you're in Moraga that day, you that's, might be able to see quite both. A day, yeah. See the na- defending national champions uh, on the rugby team and then go watch BYU take on St. Mary's in basketball. Tomorrow, Jeff Martson, recruiting director for BYU football. Boy, what a job he did. We're going to ask him all about that. And uh, speaking of football, Jerem, we're just right around the corner. Yes, we are. Countdown to Connecticut. 199. We're under 200. Oh, my goodness. We are on, thir- <laughs> on Thursday, the whole show is breaking down the Husky. No, it's not. <laughs> One ninety nine to UConn and BYU from the rent in East Hartford, Connecticut. Football is that close. Who gets our rise and shout today? Ooh, it's close because Nate Austin came in. He was fantastic breaking down the floral design class. I got to go Kate Hansen. She's in the uh, Olympics. Luge Coog. Uh, Nate Austin, heck of a performance with 16 rebounds. Maybe we go Co. We go Co. Okay, Co. Rise and shout. Now some Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. What did you take away from BYU's win on Saturday at Reed underscore Crosby? BYU is really good at home, but needs to improve on the road. Those early road losses still hurt. At Cougar Sports Fan. Austin, what? this is in all caps. This is the way you should tweet. Austin was a beast on the boards. <laughs> at BubbleNet. Takeaway, big rush of five. Kyle Collinsworth is the glue that holds the entire team together. Mr. Consistent. By the way, West Coast Conference Player of the Week, Stephen Holt. Steve Holt from St. Mary's. Kyle Collinsworth was BYU's nominee. Thanks to our guests today, Blaine Fowler, Nate Austin, and everyone on the crew. Producer Ben Bagley, Senior Coordinating Producer Michael Miner, Station Manager Don Schlein, Production Assistants Alan Miller, Spencer King, and Engineer Aaron Evans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. Show links and oh so much more for Jerem. I'm Spencer. Simulcast coming on March 6th in Vegas. Mark it down. This is BYU Sports Nation.